Amen. How many know God's doing great things? I said God's doing great things. Got a hope and a future planned out for you. Isn't it awesome? God's got a future planned out for you. Future. It's not too messed up with your past. I think sometimes people are under the impression that choices that we've made in the past and actions that we've performed and and directions that we've gone and, and that we've just totally disrupted the plan of heaven. I guess God just can't handle our past. I got news for you. You have not confused God. He knows what he's doing. He knows how to get you right where you are, reconnect you to the hope of your future, take you on into something awesome. And on top of that, just to irritate hell, God knows how to use all things together for good for those who love God and who are called according to his purpose. So even think about that. Even the junk that you created that wasn't part of his plan, he's going to use it to better the environment and to make change for the good. Amen. Look at your neighbor and say, thank God. Amen. If you're here today, you don't own a Bible, hold your hands up. The officers will bring you one. It's our gift to you. We want to make sure you get a copy of the Word of God. You've got a copy of the Bible. Get into the Word. Study the Word. Know the Word. Grow in the Word. David said, Thy Word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against you, wander off the trail, miss the mark. A lot of times we got all kinds of chaos and confusion going in life, and we haven't taken the time to take God's Word and apply it to that area. Well, don't be surprised. Proverbs 13, 13 in the message, it says, Ignore... ignore God's word and suffer, honor his commands, grow rich. So, you know, if things are getting better, praise God. If you're suffering, you might want to go to the word and find out why. Just a thought. Some of you guys look like you need caffeine. We'll hurry this morning, get you out of here. All right. You got your Bible with you. Stand with me one more time. Let's hold our Bible up, make a confession together. Say, this is my Bible. I am what it says I am. I have what it says I have. I can do what it says I can do. Say, I have an open mind. I have a teachable spirit. From this moment forward, I will never be the same. Shout it out, never, never, never. In Jesus' name. Come on, give God one more big praise. He's worth it. Amen. You know, as we're coming to the end of this holiday season, getting ready to jump into a brand new year, realize that Christmas doesn't end, you know, after you've taken the tree down and you've put away the wrapping paper. Amen. Christmas is the birthing of a future, the the opening to the miraculous. Remember that Jesus came so that people without life would be connected to life, not just life, but God life. People without hope would be given hope. People that that shouldn't have any chance at all would be given every chance possible to enjoy the hope of a future. John 10.10, Jesus said, I've come that you might have and enjoy life in abundance to the top till it overflows. I love that in Amplified, in abundance to the top till it overflows. That's the kind of life Jesus came to give his people, right? Aren't you glad that God's on your side? Come on, guys. I mean, thank God we got a little bit more than a T-shirt and a bumper sticker. We got God life, Zoe life, pumping through every vein of our body. Amen. Let your neighbor and say, I got joy. You, you realize it just drives hell crazy. It is humiliation to hell when hell comes against you and you stand up, you got that dumb smile on your face. Oh, Jesus is on my side. You know, there's something that ought to separate us from the rest of the world. And it's that, honestly, it's going to come down to that joy factor in your life. 
Count it all joy, brethren, when you fall into different temptations and trials and tests. Why? Knowing this, that the testing of your faith is going to work patience. And patience, when it has uh, completed its task, will will leave you lacking nothing. Hell coming to rip from your grip everything it can. And when it's all done, you're standing there, your hands are full. Man, I tell you, you think you're upset, wait till hell finds out what God's doing in your life. Destiny calls you, hell hunts you, fellowship with God protects you. There's something about God that just pulls you right through situations that should have taken you out. God's good. You guys know at the end of this year, you know, you you look back at the beginning, by this point, you should be done already. You should have given up, but no, you just keep coming. Why? The power of God's working in your life. Said so the power of God's working in your life. You, you should be crying in the corner, but no, you're standing in the presence of God praising. I think sometimes we don't realize the damage we're doing to the kingdoms of darkness and, and uh, you know, and the great things that God has planned for you. It is, it is awesome. It, I said it is awesome. And you know what's really cool is that we have a heart to obey God. How many of you have a heart to obey God? Amen. We just want to walk in obedience. If we didn't, well, we wouldn't be here, would we? No, we'd be at a nice church. <laughs> oh, we're glad we're glad we're here. Amen. Uh, you know, you know, there are times when you got to be nice, and then there's times when we need to jack you up so we can change the tire, right? And, and I'm just one of them guys. I love you too much to just look at you and smile. I got to tell you some truth about every week. Now, now the deal is, is that where God's taking us and the future that God has for you is, is going to take a backbone. It's going to take some courage. And one of my favorite passages in the Bible in, in 1 Kings 42, 28 or 24, I'll show it to you later. It says, uh, Jehoshaphat created vessels of Tarshish to go to Ophir for gold, but they went not for they were broken at Ejon Geber. That is a crazy good verse. The king created vessels to go get the gold. They didn't get the gold because they were broken at Ejon Geber. Ejon Geber is two words, means backbone. So in other words, the king created vessels to go for gold. They didn't get the gold because they didn't have the backbone to face the storm that prevented them from reaching the gold. You might need to buy the tape. Um, But get this, God created you for gold. Now, I'm not talking financial prosperity. That's cool. You're going to have that. You, You need that. I'll tell you what's golden is carrying the cargo you were created to carry. Doing exactly what God intended you to do. Man, being on track with destiny. Right? Destiny. Destination. End result. Achieving the end that God declared at the beginning. Golden. You can do all kinds of things and still be miserable. Walk in destiny, suddenly you're fulfilled. Right? Why? Well, because, man, yeah, that fits. But to get the gold, you've got to have a backbone to face the storm that prevents you from reaching the gold. Because there's always a storm that separates you from the promise. I don't know where we've gotten the idea that if, that if we get a promise from God, that life should get easy. Grow up. Look at your neighbor and say, toughen up, buttercup. Life ain't easy. Life is a fight. Life is tough. Life's got battles. One of the promises of God is in this world, there will be tribulation. Get ready. It's coming. Right? But victory would mean nothing if failure was not a viable occurrence. If there was no way you could fail, then what good would victory be? So knowing that we could blow it at any moment and still realizing victory, that's awesome. You got to have a backbone to face the storm. 
You got the shore of promise given, the shore of promise received, always separated by the sea of storms. Remember Jesus with the guys, and he said, let's go to the other side. And they said, oh, good, there's a promise. We're going to the other side. They received that promise on the shore of promise given. However, on the way to the shore of promise received, a storm suddenly came up. Remember, they woke up Jesus. They said, don't you care that we perish? Wouldn't it have been cool if it said no, and he went back to sleep? I think that would rock. He gets up and he speaks to the storm. Oh, you know, come on, guys. Have, you know, we, we got, have some faith. And they made it to the other side. The shore promise received. We get a promise from God and we want the elimination of the storm. No, man, the storm's coming to see if you're actually going to go get the promise. You got a promise, a household uh, salvation. Acts 16, 31. Believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, thou shalt be saved, you and your house. I love that in the Message Bible. It says, put your entire trust on Christ, then you'll live life the way you're supposed to, you and your entire house. If we could just learn to trust God, we'd live life the way we're supposed to. But you know what's wrong with most of the American church? We've been in different parts of the world, and they don't seem to have the same issues that we do. They have their own. But here in our culture, in our society, we're finding out that one of the major problems that we have to deal with is the ability to actually trust God no matter what other voices are saying. See, it, I know when gas gets expensive, it's irritating, but it shouldn't be dictating your decisions. I, I'm trying to figure out how pastoral to be or if I should just be like, you know, just kind of nice. It's Christmas. If you, if you were making decisions whether or not to go to church based on the price of gas, you need to get born again. You know, if you're making decisions on whether to do what God had called you to do every day of the week based on the price of gas, you're missing the point. If the stock market has you worried, well, then you have to realize that the stock market has more influence over your life than God's word. Are you saying we shouldn't invest? I'm saying you're nuts if you don't. Exactly where God tells you to. Just do what he said. He might tell you to invest in something that don't look like it's going to make anything. Well, he could just be trying to bless those people. <laughs> well, he can do that through Tony. <laughs> no, you just do what God tells you to do because when you do what he said, he will produce what he promised every single time. See, the point isn't do I invest or do I not invest. The point is do you trust God? Yes, Trust him with all thy heart. Lean not to thine own understanding, but in all thy ways acknowledge him, and he will direct your path. See, what we got to get to is a place where God's directing our path. Proverbs 14, 12, there is a way that seemeth right unto a man, but the ends thereof are the ways of death. We know that death isn't dead. Death is separation. The prodigal son wasn't dead. When his father said, behold, my son who was dead is alive again. He was separated. So death is separation. There's a way that seems right to you, but the end will be separated from the end that God declared at the beginning. You with me? So if you live life the way that seems right to you, you end up separated from the end. But if you focus on the end and let God direct the way, you end up at the end that God declared at the beginning. See, God has declared an end result for your life. And it's not bad, it's good. It's, God's plan is not to harm you, it's to help you. It's not to wipe you out, it's to lift you up. 
Okay, there's an end result God has for your life. If you believe he has an end result, then you need to focus on the end and let him direct the way. But if you focus on the way, you're going to miss the end. Jesus was born for this purpose. Matthew 1, verse 18. Let's just read through a few verses real quick. Matthew 1, uh, 18 through 24 is where we got the foundation for this series. And now the birth of Jesus Christ took place under these circumstances. When it was, when his mother Mary had been promised in marriage to Joseph, before they came together, she was found to be pregnant through the power of the Holy Ghost. Wouldn't you like the Holy Ghost to move in your house? Really? You want some babies? <laughs> Never mind. Okay. <laughs> uh, her promised husband, Joseph, being a just and upright man and not willing to expose her publicly and to shame and disgrace her, decided, everybody say decided. Okay, a decision has been made. A decision has been made to uh, dismiss, divorce her quietly and secretly. A decision has been Made. Now look at verse 20. As he was thinking this over, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream. And notice, and we talked about this two weeks ago, you know, you want to birth a future, you want to birth a miracle, number one, you must have peace enough to rest. Here's his, this guy's world is upside down, guys. And he still has peace to rest. Why? Because it's a characteristic that he possesses, it's part of his character. He has trained himself that no matter what's going on, he is just going to have peace anyways. Peace is not the product of circumstances. Oh, you guys need to hear me. Peace is not the product of circumstances, but it is the result of a choice made. I will walk in peace. Well, yeah, but I will when things calm down. That'll never happen. Stuff ain't going to calm down. You know, well, I'll have, I'll have peace when, 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 when I find a mate, when I find a husband, when I, when I find a wife, then I'll have peace. Really? <laughs> Your life is all messed up. Until, and if I could just have a man, my life wouldn't be messed up. Baby, you get a man, your life is really messed up. Well, well now, now what we need, what we need, now that, I, now that we got married, we'll have peace when we have children. <laughs> yeah, that's going to work. Okay, you'd be where Shelby and I, we'll have peace when the kids move out. Probably not. not, not peace is not the product of circumstances. It's the result of choices made. I'll choose to walk in peace. This guy's got, hey, it's very, it's very, very important that you understand the end result that God has for your life. You, you need to understand this. The end result that God has for your life. It's vital that you know what the end is. Because your decisions need to lead you towards that end. Here's a guy that's, even though life is chaotic, he has peace enough to rest. As he was thinking this over, angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, descendant of David, do not be afraid. Everybody say, fear not. Okay, that, that's, that's vital to your peace. Fear, don't be afraid. Calm down. Chill out. Relax. Inhale. It's going to be okay. No, you think your world is spinning out of control. Maybe out of your control, not out of his. Okay? So Mary, your wife, uh, descendant of David, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife. For that which is conceived in her is from and out of the Holy Spirit. Look at verse 21. She's going to bear a son. You'll call his name Jesus, the Greek form of the Hebrew Joshua, which means Savior, for he will save his people from their sins. That is, listen to this, that is, he will prevent them, that's you, you are them. 
right? You are them. Say, I am them. Okay. Okay. He will prevent you from failing and missing the true end. Well, if there's a true end, there must be a false end. If there's a true end, there must be a not true end. The true end, the true scope of life, the true God life, God life, Zoe. You know why it's important that you know the end? Because if you know the end, you won't quit in the middle. But if you don't know what the end is, then in the middle, you might be convinced it's over. Because you might think this is the end. Why? Because you didn't know the true end. Since you don't know the true end, you stop in the middle thinking you've reached the end. Think of how many things you've started that somewhere along the way you stopped at the beginning you said this is God in the middle you said look the devil's taken over why well because you weren't really riveted to the end so along the way it seemed like the end had come but had you focused on the end and let God direct the way you would have made it to the end you'll reach the end you won't quit in the middle if you know what the end is at the beginning Maybe what we need to do is spend some time with God, let him declare the end at the beginning so in the middle we're not a bunch of big baby quitters. So that when it gets tough, we don't say, well, God must have removed his hand. No, when it gets tough, we go, well, duh, the enemy's going to fight everything God does. Marriage isn't going to be easy. There's going to be some warfare. There's going to be some discomfort. Well, but if you, if you don't know the end, you'll quit in the middle and think that that marriage is over. Here's why it's vital to know the end, because the end is always connected to character. Certain characteristics will always produce a certain end. The characteristic that you currently possess will dictate the end result that you're going to experience. You cannot have wonderful end result and horrible character. Thank you for that amazing response. (laughs) Touches me deep. Okay, you cannot graduate from high school, go on to college, go through college, come out the other side, and live successful life having the characteristics of a dropout. Sorry. Um, Regardless of what has occurred in your past, please, just bear with me. Don't, Don't be all weirded out by anything I say. Just think okay Albert Einstein made the statement I didn't make it Albert did he said thinking is difficult work which is why so many people don't do it um just think okay don't don't get defensive don't don't get upset just think see over half of the marriages in America today end in divorce well you can't have a great final outcome with horrible characteristics so you you don't have Wonderful character and a screwed up marriage. Oh, oh now we're meddling. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can't have characteristics of peace and harmony and an end result of fighting and arguing. Joseph. Here's a guy that receives a word from God, meditates that word from God moles that thing over, gets in agreement with the word of God. His brothers sell him into slavery. But his character pulls him to the top. 
right? Why? Because you can't have great character and a bad outcome for very long. What the enemy intends for evil, God turns for good. Why? Because your character will lift you to the top. His character doesn't get weaker, it gets stronger. So Potiphar's wife accuses him, he ends up in prison. Just not for long. Why? Because his character pulls him to the top. You can read of other men in the Bible who had great position, nasty character, and it wasn't long till nasty sabotaged great, and their end result was nasty. Are you with me? So understand that end result is not dictated by what's going on out there. End result is dictated by what's going on in here. There's certain characteristics that we are developing as a church, as a congregation, and we will hold to. And because of those characteristics, the end result will be what God's told us to do. Why? Well, because the, these characteristics demand that end result. And that end result demands that kind of character. As long as you have that character, you're getting that end result. How do I get that character? Well, that's just the byproduct of habits. Because character is always developed by habits. Habits are simply actions performed consistently. So actions are the result of choices. Choices flow out of the emotion. Emotionally, you, you, every decision you ever make comes from emotion. Great emotion, you're going to make great decisions. Bad emotion, you're going to make bad decisions. See, here's, here's why you got to have peace. Because if you ain't got peace... You'll be, in, you'll be in a chaotic state, making chaotic choices, ended up with chaotic actions, which are going to produce chaotic character, which is going to bring you to a chaotic end result. If you got chaos today, you know all you got to do is back it up. Uh, you just change your character. How do I change my character? By changing my habits. How do I change my habits? By changing my actions. How do I change my actions? By changing my choices. How do I change my choices? By changing my emotional condition. How do I change that? By changing what I hear, what I listen to. My thoughts, my thoughts are, are, are the product of words. Everything starts with words. It goes to thoughts. Thoughts turn into emotions. Emotions make choices. Choices turn into actions. Actions turn into habits. Habits turn into character. And character demands an end result. You, you want a miracle in your life? You want to release the power of the miraculous? All you got to do is be willing to participate and have the characteristics that the miraculous demands. See, here's, here's why you shouldn't be getting the same end result as a dope-smoking, fornicating loser in the world. Because you should have different characteristics than he does. See, the problem is, is that many people in the church... Listen to me. Many people have got born again, but they've wasted a lot of their time because they, they haven't changed anything. See, there ought to be a difference between your life and the guy that's separated from God. Because the guy that's separated from God ought to look at you and go, I know him. He used to be just like me. Not, I know that guy. He's like me, except on Sunday. Hello? Hello? There ought to be something. We ought to have proof God life's operating in us. Hey, back in the day, remember, remember before you were born again? Remember? When you, when you hung out with your friends, you went to a bar? Remember those days? Some of you are afraid to say yes. Okay. Um, some of you goes, remember, that was last night. Okay. Um, <laughs> well, hey, you know, like I said, yeah. Anyway, anyways. When, when you go get drunk or high to hang out with people because you couldn't get along unless you were that way? 
right? Well, you had nothing in common except you, you bought from the same dealer or whatever. Um, you know, that, that was the common thing that, that held you together. Remember back in the day, but then you got born again. And to, to experience life, I didn't need that anymore. Right? Some of you guys look at me like, really? <laughs> You're kidding. <laughs> you don't need that? No, you don't need that anymore. You start living different lifestyle. And just that different lifestyle now is producing a different end result. See, you might think it's all spiritual, but really, I mean, there's some spiritual stuff. And please hear what I'm saying. Hear me today. I'm, I'm not down playing the spiritual realm, but a lot of what we think is spiritual is really just the lack of understanding. If you have these characteristics, you're going to have this end result. Done deal. You don't, you don't even need spiritual on it. You walk this way, you get these results. See, that's why, that's why God doesn't want you having sex outside of marriage. Not because he don't want you to enjoy sex. No, he knows the pain that that characteristic will produce in the end result. And you guys, you with me? Don't be mad at me. This might be shocking to you. I didn't write the Bible. I have a few verses I've thrown in, but I didn't write the entire thing. Um, I'm just telling you what it says. Your end result is always connected to your character. These guys birthed a miracle. He had enough peace to rest. And as the angel speaking to him, he had enough sense to listen. Remember, a decision had been made, but the voice was telling him to do the opposite of what he had decided. Here's why most of the time many of us don't hear God, because he's not in agreement with me. He said, my ways aren't your ways. My thoughts aren't your thoughts. God expects me to change my mind. It's called mind renewal, right? We don't think like he thinks. We don't act like he acts. We, we don't do things his way. God wants to change us. Then he had the courage. The Bible says that there in Matthew in verse 24, it said, and Joseph being aroused from his sleep, he got up and went and did what the angel said. He obeyed God. Now, if you want to birth the miraculous, you need these three things. You need the, the peace to rest, the sense to listen, and the courage to obey. Okay? You, you got to have the peace to rest, the sense to listen, and the courage to obey. Now, I've been praying about it and thinking about it, and God's been talking to me about it, and he's actually changing my perspective uh, of people in general. He has to deal with me all the time regarding people. See, I love people or I wouldn't do what I do, but spending so much time with people, there are moments when I think people are crazy. <laughs> people come in all the time. I need help with this problem. Well, let's see what the Bible says to do. And they'll make statements like this. I don't need somebody to preach to me. <laughs> Wrong guy to say that to. <laughs> what do you need, a drinking buddy? I'm I'm, I'm sorry. <laughs> That's what I do, guys. God changed my perspective, though, and he's saying, you know what? Because I'm thinking courage to obey. That's the problem. See, courage to obey. Because people, people in the church are just sissies. God's going, no, they're not. They come and listen to you. Good point. 
you know, to do what God tells you to do, you, you can't be a weak. You, you, it takes some guts to do what God tells you to do. But you know, where, where does that courage to obey come from? And God began to, to talk to me. You know, there have been some times in, in the last 25, 26 years, Chevy and I, we had done some stuff that just freaked everybody out. But we had this incredible courage. Well, where'd that come from? God's talking to me. Where'd that come from? I, I don't know where it come from. When you heard me. See, the courage to obey is birthed when you have had the sense to listen. When you hear God speak to you, trust me, you'll do what he said. Why? Because faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Romans 10, 17. You'll get faith when you have heard. See, it's not that we're cowards. It's just that we haven't heard what God said. When you hear God, you will have courage to obey when you hear God. Well, so we just need to have the sense to listen. Well, how do we produce the sense to listen? Well, that is produced through the peace to rest. You know why many of us haven't heard God? Because life is so loud. There's so many other voices. The world's screaming. Your job's screaming. Your kids are screaming. Your spouse is screaming. And you won't stop talking. <laughs> Jeremiah 33.3 says, Call unto me and I will answer thee and show you great and mighty things which you knoweth not. Amplified Bible says, Call me, I'll show you fenced-in things, secret things, hidden things. Literally, God's saying, I'll show you things you couldn't possibly know. I want to tell you about it. And we still don't call him. Why? Because we're under the impression we know everything. Sit down and you with a friend who's going through a, pr a problem, a trial in their life, and you begin to tell them something, they say, I know. Well, you know, if you do this, I, I know. Oh, you know. I, it only takes three I knows, and I'm across the table choking them out. <laughs> you know, I'll get forgiveness later. God will forgive me, but right now I'm going to put you in an arm bar and take you to the ground. <laughs> if you know, how come you ain't doing it? Hmm. <laughs> We're going to have an octagon installed next week. I'm going to call it deliverance. See, we're under the impression we don't need to hear from God. And when we pray, it ain't to find out what he'd like us to do. It's us telling him how we want it done. Hello? Come on, guys. You know I ain't lying now. It's you and me going to God, telling him how we want him to move on our behalf. Here's what I need you to do today, God. Oh, gracious, most heavenly Father, who sitteth up there and throneth and encampeth all of my waysth, I needeth thee to speak to my wifeth and to changeth her from the insideth out. We tell God what to do. And wonder how come God don't listen? Because you're nuts. He's the potter. We're the clay. He gives the orders. We obey. 
Our prayer life is not us telling God what to do. Our prayer life is asking God, what do I do next? What do you want me to do? How do you want me to move? See, to make room for the miraculous, I think what you have to do is erase all of the noise in life, beginning with you. Where's that white hanky? I think, I think you and I need to learn how to be silent. Because when God speaks to you, he will not be yelling. He speaks in whispers. It's a gentle voice. It's soft. It brings direction. It brings insight. Usually not, wanting, not, not in agreement with what you were thinking. Driving down the road... You see a car on the side of the road, and you're thinking, I'm going to pray for them as I drive by. The voice of God says, stop and help them. It could be Tony stuck in the snow late for church. It, you, you don't know what is going on. You don't understand. We think that when God speaks, he's going to tell us great things. But see, all a great thing is is a whole bunch of little things put together. And until you start with the little, he ain't going to entrust you with the great. So just start by allowing God to speak. He might ask you to love your wife. Start there. Just obey with that. He might tell you to pray for those who are coming against you and stop speaking evil. He might stop you mid-sentence and say, shh. Instead of telling God how bitter your spouse is, he might ask you to be silent so he can make them better. It begins with silence. I understand, especially for a charismatic, silence is very threatening. You know, in a spirit-filled church, when, when it gets really quiet, we get really nervous. I mean... I, guys, I've been in church my entire life. Been, most of my life, we were in church at least twice a day, traveling, doing ministry twice a day, morning and night. Anytime it gets quiet, somebody will jump up and begin to prophesy. Prophesy is not the same as prophesy. Prophesy is a word from God. Prophesy is from a nervous guy that doesn't like silence. When they prophesy, they say very important stuff like, yeah, I have lovely with an everlasting love. Well, of course he has. I, I don't even want to go there. I'll, I'll go way over time. It just drives me crazy. Um, and, it, well, are, are, should we not prophesy? When you prophesy, you better have something from God to say. Right? Don't just get up and make noise. Charismatics are afraid of silence. We just get really nervous. We, we freak out. We don't know what to do. You know, I've got to be honest with you. I'm in the boat, right? I've been in revival my whole life. So when it gets quiet, I'm like, uh-oh. Look, start looking around for my dad. He's crawling around behind me, going to do something. We need to learn to be silent. Pause. Calmly think about that. Just listen. Just listen. Jesus said, my sheep know my voice, and they follow me. Revelation 3.20 says, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If any man hear my voice and open the door, I will come into him and sup with him and he with me. If any man hear my voice and open the door. He was, you know, we use that scripture to reach the lost, but the fact is, is that he was speaking to a church. 
I'm standing at the door. I'm knocking if you hear my voice. But the reason we don't hear his voice is we've got so many other voices screaming in our life. You know, it's so weird to come home after being out all day, and Shelby and I will, will, will come home in the evening, and, 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 you know, with two or three teenagers at the house. Evan's home right now, so we've got three teenagers at the house, and, and you pull down the driveway, and, and, and it, it almost feels like you're coming, driving into Vegas. The lights are everywhere. Right? You pull into the, into the yard, and, and normally at, at our house, we live in a part of town where it's kind of dark. As a matter of fact, we could use the light, but you pull in there, and it's like, gee whiz. You know, it looks like a landing strip coming up to the house, and you walk into the front door, and, and over in the left, there's a TV on. No one's in that room, but the TV is on, and so is the Xbox. So it's sitting there, they're not playing a game, but it's on. You look to the right, these lights are on, that TV's on, that computer's on, no one's there. The radio in the kitchen is on. That Shelby, for her birthday, got a little miniature TV to hang under there because we can't afford to miss any of our TV stuff while we're cooking now, can we? And so, uh, <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and you know what's really sad? Yeah, everybody's going, ooh, she's lived with this for 25 years. She's tougher than she looks. Um, you know what's really weird is we all gather in the kitchen now because CBS has been taken off of dish so now we have to sit downstairs in the kitchen to watch our favorite shows but uh anyway there's nobody there you go upstairs there's uh, tvs all over the upstairs and radios and everything's on everything's a buzz that's the lifestyle we're used to turn on the news there's the talking head there's a story on the right and a scroll bar on the bottom and we got flash stuff's going constantly and then god says wait a minute be still we're not used to that we're not comfortable there you have 30 seconds of silence. We're under the impression somebody died. And at 21 seconds into it, you, look, you ask your neighbor, who was it? <laughs> we, we have got to learn to be calm. Why? Because you'll get the courage to obey right after you've heard what he said. When am I going to hear what he said? Right after you get the peace to rest. Soon as you develop the peace to rest, God's coming to counsel you. Oh, you can't get no better counsel than that. One man said that wisdom is the ability to know what to do when you don't know what to do. To have that voice speak to you, go this way. Stop. Move. Don't move. To have God direct your steps. I really, honestly, with 100% of my heart, believe that 2009 is going to be an incredibly awesome year. It's going to be wonderful. But you're going to have to have the ability to hear God. Because in a world that's in the midst of chaos, wouldn't it be awesome if the people of God had the ability to present a spirit of peace? It's going to be okay. I don't know what to do. It's, it's, I understand that. Just calm down for a minute. It's going to be okay. It's going to be okay. Well, we've got a decision to make. Chill out. It's going to be all right. Well, what if we miss this opportunity? God will bring you another one. Calm down. Don't move unless you've heard what God said to do. We have to hurry. No, you don't. That's a lie from the enemy. We've got to get on this thing right now. I don't know. I'm talking to somebody. No, you don't. You can calm down. Well, if I, if I don't make a decision, you know, they're, they're going to let me go. Well, then they'll let you go. God's got a plan. Just hold on. Calm down. 
I need this job. No, you need this peace. You need this peace. People ask us all the time when the church is going to start certain things, right after God tells us to. Well, we're going to find a place. I had somebody tell me not too long ago that, uh, that if we didn't do exactly what they wanted in the, uh, in the children's ministry, uh, you know, junior high age, if we didn't do that, they were leaving. Bye. They're not going to do it because you said. We are only, the leadership team's in agreement. We're only going to do what God says. Hello? Just calm down. It's going to be okay. It's like having to go out and buy a four-wheel drive because the snow's falling. It's melting now. Can I sell you a boat? (laughs) Just calm down. Yesterday I wanted snowmobiles. Today I want water skis. It's going to be okay. Calm down. Develop peace. Regardless of what's going on, make the choice. Peace is going to become a habit in my life. The word determines my thoughts. My thoughts determine my emotion. See, the way I, the way I see things makes the choice how I'm going to choose to act. So I'm going to make a conscious choice. Peace is going to be my position. Peace is going to be my position. When it's, sometimes you have to act like you know peace. You know, half of the word action is act. Choices determine actions. So when you make the choice for peace, you're going to have to act like you got it until it becomes a habit. Then you won't have, then you won't have to think about it. But for a while, you'll have to just act like you got peace. Well, I'm not going to pretend. Well, then you'll never really have it. Because you've been acting like a chaotic mess. Now you need to act like you got peace. Okay? You've got to learn how to live in peace. We're in a society that's under the impression that if I don't have a dilemma, no one will care about me. If my world isn't upside down, you're not gonna, you're not gonna spend time with me. If I have a problem, then you'll listen to me and you'll talk to me. But if I don't have one, then we're gonna be isolated and separated and I'm gonna be alone. No, if you have some peace, friends will come to your house. Peace is very attractive. Look at your neighbor and say, you could use peace. Some of you don't have the courage to obey. Look the other way and say, you deserve peace. Can I pray for you? Close your book. Let's pray. I want you to bow your heads for just a moment.